This is exactly right. Forgive me for interrupting. I'm Bridger Weiniger, host of I Said No Gifts on Exactly Right. Each week, I invite my favorite people in comedy over to chat, and they always bring a gift. We're coming up on our 200th episode, and every episode is a gem. I have welcomed all kinds of great guests, including Cola Scola, Bowen Yang, Robbie Hoffman. It goes on and on and on. And you don't want to miss the 200th episode with the great Maria Bamford. What does she bring me? Find out April 25th. New episodes every Thursday. Follow I Said No Gifts wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, boo. It's me, Roz. Today, we are talking all about Hollywood ghosts. Pretty much my favorite topic in the entire world. And we'll be talking with Lori Jacobson. And I cannot wait to share that with you. But you know what I haven't done in a while? And I'm so sorry about this is I haven't been reading a ton of listener stories that have been submitted to me via five-star ratings on Apple Podcasts, and I was checking the five-star ratings and the reviews, and you guys are so nice, and I really appreciate that, and it really helps out the show, so keep them coming. And there was a ghost story in there from Cass Villar, and this is spooky. Cass writes, When I was younger, I absolutely hated going to sleep because I would always be woken up by the strangest things in the middle of the night. Sometimes there would be a shadow figure sitting on a chair in the corner of my room, and if it would catch me staring, it would begin to approach me really slowly. Other times, I would become paralyzed and see faces and hands start to reach out of the walls trying to grab me. During this time, I was still sharing a room with my parents, so whenever I would start to see things, I would try and scream out to them, but I never could. The only thing that would keep these shadows away was by praying, and each time that I prayed, a pair of soft blue-slash-white hands would wrap around me and start to pray as well. I could hear whatever it was speak in a different language, but I remember thinking it sounded so pretty. It was the only thing that could break me out of my paralysis and let me run to my parents. Years later, when we finally moved out, they began to remodel the floorings of my room. As they stripped away the carpet, it was discovered that under my bed was a cemented safe built in the floor that we never knew about. People would come and see if they could open the safe, but no one ever could. In the end, it was just decided to put wood flooring over the safe and leave it as is. I haven't seen that shadow figure since then. What is in the safe? What is in the safe? Thank you, Cass Villar, so much for sending that review. I was also thinking when they mentioned the blue slash white hands that would pray with you. Now, I'm not a big prayer necessarily, but I bought these 
praying hands at a thrift store. It's like they're they're blue and white, kind of tinted, and they're they've got they're they're like three D like praying hands that are like a wall art thing. And I went out and I bought some long fingernails and I painted them pink and I glued those right on those little fingers as they're praying and they're gorgeous and they're in my home and that reminds me because I'm gonna do maybe two videos the next few weeks of me giving a little tour of the weird things like that that I have in my home and so on Patreon this week you will see a little tour of my living room and my Christmas tree and all the weird, funky things that I have in my home. I have a chair that's shaped like a hand. I have a coffee table that is shaped like two paper mache seals that came complete with fishing line whiskers. I don't know. I found it at a flea market. I have weird stuff, and it's fun, and I'd love to show you. So go to patreon.com slash rosdressvelez. So today, Laurie Jacobson. I am so happy to talk to her. So I've known about Laurie Jacobson for a while now, because since as long as I can remember, I have always watched... TV shows, documentaries about spooky Hollywood history, scandalous Hollywood history. And Lori is one of those people that if you want someone that's got the juicy tea about some kind of ghost in an old movie studio, you call Lori Jacobson. She wrote a book in the 90s called Hollywood Haunted, and she just knows her stuff. I mean, she's a historian and you know, anytime I have on a historian or a paranormal investigator or somebody that has had years and years of, I mean, decades of experience and has dedicated their lives to these things. It's kind of, it's almost like harder to, to do like a hour long podcast with them because there's just so much to talk about. So I 100% am looking forward to having her come back because we just hit the tip of the iceberg. And also we had a little bit of a time constraint. So we, we only talked about a couple of, of things, but she's a great storyteller and she brought it. Some of the things that we talk about on the show for reference, if you're new around here, welcome. Uh, we did reference some old episodes, David Omen, um, which was Early on in the podcast, it's still posted. He's the man that lives in the incredibly haunted house that is near the site of uh, the Manson murders, but it's also um, just incredibly haunted by who who knows how many ghosts that just come in and out of that house. They say it's a portal to the other side. It's crazy. And then we also reference my friend Justin Martindale, who is a comedian and works at the Comedy Store. And so we talk about the Comedy Store ghosts. And we reference when she was on Unsolved Mysteries, like the old Unsolved Mysteries with Robert Stack. And they did an episode at the uh, Comedy Store. And I actually found it on Amazon Prime. It was just streaming. So... um, I, when's the last time you watched that show? Have you ever watched that show? It is so fun. And you know, I like to watch it. You know, I have like old paranormal books and I like to watch these old paranormal shows. But sometimes I like 
here's what I do. I watch those things and then I look up like what has happened since then, because, you know, you can't just like you got to update your facts at times. So I like to go back and watch these old, uh, you know, 80s, early 90s unsolved mystery episodes. And they're so fun. They've got great reenactments. And then on Patreon this week, my bonus clip with her is we talk about the haunting of Ozzy Nelson. We talked about this earlier this year, maybe in the springtime, maybe early pandemic time. We talked about the actor Christopher Maloney is selling his house and it's haunted and it used to belong to Ozzy and Harriet Nelson, who the two of them, you know, they had this real famous TV show back in like 50s, 60s, a clean cut family, kind of leave it to Beaver almost. Um, Not going to lie, never seen it, don't know much about that. But I do know that he's a famous ghost here in Hollywood and she knows all the details about it. And so we get into that, and uh, that is on my second tier on Patreon, patreon.com slash rosdressvelez. All right, let's talk some Hollywood ghosts with Lori Jacobson. On with the show! Hello, Lori, how are you? I am great, Roz. How are you doing? I am so good. And I um, I was just talking with my producer, Land. Um, we're like starstruck talking to you <laughs> because both of us like love Hollywood history so much. I mean, we're both here in Hollywood and um, we loved the TV show Ease, Mysteries and Scandals which I know ah. you were a part of. You're in that incredible Sunset Strip documentary, which I think is so beautiful. And Yes, I loved that. I love the, you know, you're in something, you never know how it's going to be, but I, I just thought it came out so great. It was so wonderful. And you just have like the best insight. You know all the juicy and the spooky, and that's the part of Hollywood that I'm always so into. Well, that's, you know, you you can't make this stuff up. You were any better than what really happened. Exactly. And there's so many just like, only in Hollywood, you know, like I was watching the Unsolved Mysteries that you were on. I was rewatching it because I was oh like, my goodness. I'm going to go talk to Lori and I need to know what I'm talking about here because I know I've seen that it's been years since I saw that original and we're talking the original Unsolved Mysteries not the one on Netflix which is great but the original Robert Stack Unsolved Mysteries they did one about the comedy store and I had my friend Justin on Justin Martindale who's a regular at the comedy store and we talked about that episode but it had been kind of like a couple years since we'd seen it so I watched it last night and you were a waitress there Yes, I was. Yes, I was doing, um, I was in a fantastic uh, comedy improv workshop for for about seven years. And um, it was run by a wonderful character actor named Harvey Landbeck, who played Eric Von Zipper in all the beach movies. And um, you'd know him if you saw him. And, uh, you know, my classmates were Robin Williams and John Ritter and John LaRoquette. And it was an amazing time. And um, 
a fantastic experience. And so, you know, the comedy store was the perfect place for me to to uh, work a side job and learn more about comedy. Mm hmm. Little did I expect to learn more about <laughs> ghosts. <laughs> now, what era was this? Uh, I worked there in 1981 and into 1982. Wow. So that was like a real big time at the comedy store. You know, it was absolutely the golden age. I mean, the list of people that perform there nightly, you know, are now... Uh, just, I mean, you know, it was Seinfeld and Leno and Arsenio Hall and Gary Shandling and and Sandra Bernhardt and uh, 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 just just I, I really I could just go on and on with famous names mm -hmm. and not all of them were famous yet. And also during that time, um, Richard Pryor was there every night preparing for his documentary uh, live on the Sunset Strip. Yeah. And he brought in the people that came in to see him nightly, you know, Mick Jagger, Bette Midler, uh, Sugar Ray Leonard, uh, John McEnroe. It really, it ran that, oh, Peter O'Toole. That was my most thrilling <laughs> night. <laughs> it's so cool um, to hear you talk about this because, um, you know, I think my goal is to be you um, <laughs> because you know, they say that there's like a second comedy boom that's happened the past, you know, over the past 10 years or so. And I my last job um, was being a door person at the improv. And oh. so I feel like I got to, you know, a lot of people that maybe in like 20 years or so, I'll be like these legends I got to know, you know, before they were, uh, you know, big deals. But that place is not nearly as haunted as the comedy store. No, I went to the improv quite a bit uh, because back in the 80s, they had a bar mm -hmm. and a room you could hang out in. And the comedy store did not have that at that time. You were either in the room watching performers or waiting outside to get in. It's only fairly recently that they added a bar outside where you could hang out. So right. we often hung at the improv and I never heard one ghost story about that place. Yeah. It's very interesting. Cause once I worked there, I, I started, you know, I kind of get my vibes from ghosts and, and I was getting slight vibes, you know, like not, not full on, there's a ghost here, but just like, what's going on? I'm feeling something. And then I talked to more people and I actually did an episode about it on this podcast as well with um, the manager, the general manager there. And um, she's had all these experiences. So it's like, it's like there's ghosts there, but they're mm. just sort of like, I, I don't, I don't know how that works, but the, the ghosts of the emperor are just, they're maybe more shy. They're, they're not that interested in like being ghosts. They're like, yeah, it's a, it's like a part-time job. That's what it is. They're well, you know, there, there, there is a really interesting history there. Uh, originally, well, back in the sixties, it was a folk club. Mm -hmm. The Ash folk, Grove. Yes. The Ash Grove. Thank you. I couldn't think of it. Um, the Ash Grove. And then, you know, there, there's some history of a fire Yes. Well, I believe that fire took place around that time of 
the comedy strike and the comedy store and all this. Mm. There's that book I'm dying up here, which is um, a lot about the seventies comedy, that whole comedy boom in that era. I believe that's when the fire took place. I don't know. You know, it, it, it doesn't have to be the building or the history of the building. It can be you know, a ghost can be attached to that property from, you know, something that happened 100 years ago. Right. Yeah. Or, you know, I mean, there's so many ways. It's like one could could come back or, or you know, it could be um, somebody that used to perform there all the time and they feel very connected to that place. I feel like you hear that a lot in Hollywood. You hear about these celebrity ghosts that just love like Marilyn Monroe she's in 75 places you you know she loved hanging out at this pool at the Roosevelt you see her there she loved hanging out at this hotel like she's she's all over the place and I I don't know maybe it's because she just felt a connection to those places I'm not really sure um part of it is that and part of it I think is her enormous popularity you know people don't stop thinking about her. Like, remember all the Elvis sightings that happened after Elvis died? You know, you've got, when you've got millions of people thinking about you, it is a very strong pull. Mm -hmm. And they may not necessarily want to continue hanging out around here. Right. When millions of, when millions of people wish they could see you, be near you, go to places you went to, and they're thinking of you. It's uh, it, you can be held here against your will, literally. Yeah, that's sad. It or, is. And like you know, even with like Elvis, it's like he'll appear in a piece of toast or something. <laughs> According to some <laughs> people, he's like, "Just let me sleep, God." Well, well let's go back to the comedy yeah. store for a second. Okay. The so the history. Can you tell us the history from? Um, I want to. Can I hear it from like world-renowned Hollywood historian Laurie Jacobson? Absolutely. Well, what I loved about it was um, that it used to be Ciro's nightclub, which was the most popular, most glamorous club during Hollywood's golden age. Um, and, you know, located on the heart of the Sunset Strip, walking distance to uh, the Trocadero and the Macambo. So that that really that two block area was just so star studded. But Ciro's was the one. And um, when a club is that popular and making that much money, um, the mob often gets very interested and wants some of that money. Mm -hmm. So there were some uh, rather infamous types that hung out there. Um, Mickey Cohn was a LA gangster uh, known as the king of the Sunset Strip. He had a haberdashery uh, on the strip just beyond what is now book soup. Oh, sure. Right where, you know where I mean? Right where that little uh, a caddy, 
catty corner from um, what used to be Tower Records. Yes. And um, that was merely a front for uh, his nefarious doings. Um, There was actually a shootout there where they, uh, you know, a a drive-by shooting where they riddled his store with uh, a Tommy gun. But... um, Fortunately, Nikki was in the bathroom at the time and missed all the excitement. <laughs> but he, what he did was to send, uh, and this story was told to me by uh, the producer, George Schlaughter, who produced Laugh-In. Mm-hmm. Um, George booked uh, the acts at, at Ciro's in the early 50s. And uh, he said... Once a week, they would get a hat box from Mickey Cohn's haberdashery with instructions to simply fill this with money and send it back. So the cops saw hat boxes going in and out of the store and in and out of um, Cohen's store, but um, they could never prove anything unless they stopped the deliveries, which they... I guess it, legally they could not do. So uh, that's how Mickey got his um, his money out of the store. Mm. But but um, men in wide lapel pinstripe suits were often seen at the comedy store, uh, going in and out of the offices. Um, and at one point, I was giving an interview there about the ghosts of the store. And um, I had a parapsychologist, a very renowned parapsychologist with me, and he was watching these men uh, watch us give the interview. You know, there were daytime employees there walking through, and he thought nothing of it. Um, But then they just vaporized in front of him, and he realized that they were standing where a booth was and you can't stand in a booth uh and then he realized they were wearing those suits and uh just watching with curiosity as i talked about them but couldn't see them <laughs> that's so interesting yeah because that, that's what i've heard even from my friend um justin that was on the show he told me that the person that he saw seemed kind of 1940s um, had a hat on and in a suit and it seems to be there's a number of those kinds of ghosts there yes we would hear you know you know they obviously when there are you know when the place is filled with 200 people you don't see anything and you can't feel the energy but after two o'clock when the club closed and we were cleaning up is when all of the stuff happened and we would hear women talking in the bathroom in the ladies room uh after the club was closed using um 40s lingo that that heel two times me uh you know and we'd go in to tell them, hey, sorry, the club is closed and there wouldn't be anyone in there. But I loved that sometimes these very mysterious things happened, like um, we we would clean up a room and we would go back in and a spotlight would be shining on the piano. And on top of the piano were two martini glasses that the club didn't have. 
Whoa. Was it from a different style? And they and they would be, you know, just just really, I loved that. I just, you know, I'm a Hollywood historian and I felt like the history was really coming alive, you know, while I was there. Um and 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 they were um critics as well. <laughs> Sam Kinnison was at the club during that time and uh, they hated him. <laughs> <laughs> they hated his act. He he screamed a lot. Well, yeah, act. I mean, it's not very 40s, 50s uh, style. <laughs> no, and they just hated it. And whenever he would come on, um, you know, set the, the sound would go out or the lights would go out. Uh, they did whatever they could do to prevent him from going on. Um, and one night he was on in the original room, which is the smaller room. And some people were sitting uh, in the main room um, next door. And they heard this buzzing, buzzum, buzzum, buzzum. And they thought, what the hell is that noise? And it slowed down and they could hear people moaning. It's him. It's <laughs> him. And just, you know, complaining. At one time, Sam challenged them. You know, if you're really here, come out. And, and like ashtrays flew across the room and smashed against the wall behind him. <laughs> So when you started working there, were you were you a believer in ghosts? Were you interested in ghosts? Oh, yeah. You know, I was always that kid at camp around the campfire that wanted to hear the spooky stories. Same. And I, I read a lot of books um, and I was always fascinated. You know, just I mean, and then, you know, I mean, heck, heck, Abraham Lincoln is, you know, appearing at the White House. And you've got all these people saying they saw him. He was captured in a um, photo, I think, by M- Margaret Bork White, a very famous photographer. Um, you know, so I-, I was always sure that they existed. But I didn't know exactly what held them here or why they were around until I really dove into it all. So do you have a pretty good idea? Like, do you do you have a belief of, for example, why Hollywood is so haunted? Well, um, very dramatic things happened in Hollywood. Um, you've got a whole community of people that don't want to be forgotten. <laughs> um, and that kind of makes sense. But you've you've also got um, unsolved murders, uh, suicides, people that died tragically before their time. And... Um, all of all of that is great fodder for ghosts. Yeah, I, I always think it's a lot of unsolved or a lot of unfinished business here in Hollywood. A lot of people came here for a reason. They wanted to achieve that. And then they died before they achieved that. And now they're still they still have that goal 
which kind of keeps them around. I think that's, I think that might be one of the reasons. And then also they, uh, not only do they want to be remembered, but they're people that like to be seen. They like to perform, you know, not all ghosts, but you know, a lot of the, the famous people ghosts or the aspiring famous people ghosts. Yes, I agree. So do you have like a favorite Hollywood haunted hotspot? Well, one one story that I covered with um, the uh, aforementioned parapsychologist, his name is uh, Barry Tech. Oh, of course. T-A-F-F. Now, that's another person that was in so many documentaries that I watched like throughout the 90s and 2000s. I need to have him on. Yes. Yes. He's um, fascinating. And the the most outstanding case that he ever worked on um, was in the Hollywood Hills. Um uh, near Beechwood Canyon, which is also really haunted, yes. and I lived in in the I lived in that canyon for um, decades and loved it. Um, but this one particular house had so so much activity; it was just outrageous. He'd never seen anything like it. So uh, a friend of his had gone to a party there and told Barry, "You have got to." And Barry made arrangements to go. The man who was living there was preparing to move out. He had lived there seven years and the activity had escalated so much during those seven years um, that he couldn't take it anymore. So, you know, Barry is there and um, several other people are there and like a woman is there and uh, she said something that apparently the spirit did not like and a chair moved across the floor, pinned her to a wall. A tea kettle came from out of the kitchen, floating in the air and dumped water all over her. Oh my God. Um, a, man, a man started laughing at that and a shoe flew from around the corner and hit him in the head. Wow. Um, uh, um, a fire broke out in the waste in a wastebasket in the bathroom. Books were flying out of shelves across the room. Um, at one point, uh, they oh, and and forget about the electricity and the doors. You know, uh, doors opening and closing, locking uh, behind you. Um, uh, Barry brought a film crew in there at one point, and every time they plugged their equipment into the wall, that particular outlet would fail. All the others would be working, but you know it wouldn't allow it wouldn't allow these people to use the electricity in the house. The um, reporter, uh, Connie Fox, was her name. Um, just was just just thought oh the, all these things are on strings fly you've got this all rigged and with that an, an enormous atlas lifted off a stand open and was flapping its its pages like a bird and chased her out of the house down a z shaped 
staircase as she's screaming the whole time. And the and the book is making the turns and staying on her tail. I mean, Barry really had never seen anything like this in his life. Um, they brought wow. in a priest. They brought in a priest to bless the house. And the moment he entered, his hat apported to an inaccessible area of the roof. And when he got out his holy water, the bottle exploded. <laughs> Oh my God! So you know, oh it's, yeah, it was it, it was you know a a um, cook was in the uh, kitchen trying to prepare food for all these guests, and um, he uh, took a butcher knife to cut open a head of cabbage, and the cabbage with the knife in it chased him out of the house. <laughs> So the man who owned the house moved out, couldn't take it. And well, before, yeah. <laughs> before the new owner um, moved in, Barry asked if he could stay there by himself. And he stayed there for nine days and nights. And, um, and actually, many of his experiences during those nine days um, are used in the film Poltergeist. Mm. Well, it definitely is you know, a poltergeist. Yes. Well, you know, and in he would in bed one night, um, a lady joined him in bed and spooned him and he could smell her perfume. Oh, my God. Um, he would prepare a, a drink for himself, a soft drink and turn back to shut the refrigerator and the drink was gone and then he found it two days later behind some locked doors in another room um he met the the gentleman who lived next door who was also experiencing all these things in his house and he led barry to a secret compartment in his house next door now, these houses were built in 1924, but in this secret compartment, it led to a series of tunnels that led up the hill. And in the tunnel, they found a grave of a woman. And it was, uh, it had the date 1922 on it. Wow. And a, fir wow. And a first name. So she came before the house. Now, is she the woman Barry feels in the house? So we 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 made guesses. There were often um, tunnels uh, during Prohibition where, um, you know, people kept stills and things. Mm -hmm. But there was also a nearby monastery in the hills and um, people have seen um, lines of monks chanting and walking up the hills to the monastery. And, you know, we wondered if one of the monks, you know, knocked this woman up oh, wow. and did away with her. I mean, we, you know, we just don't know. So now years and years later, the house had been um, completely renovated and Barry took me there. And the man who owned it was in the women's clothing business. 
And he had um, posters of uh, models modeling the clothing that he sold in all of the bedrooms. And all these male parapsychologists are running around with their equipment, you know, on the outside of the house. I'm registering this and that. But me, I'm walking through the house by myself. And I feel... uh, spirit intensely as I'm coming up the stairs and in the area in front of the stairs. But every time I go into a bedroom where there's a picture of a woman, I feel nothing. So I go into the only room where there is no picture of a woman and I am overwhelmed with the feeling of a spirit. And I, and I call all the males parapsychologists, they all come running up with their equipment, and suddenly the chandelier starts oscillating, you know, in a circle. It wasn't swinging back and forth like somebody knocked it. It was moving in a circular way that, that we could not have done. And then we saw... Um, uh, you know, uh, light globes of light um, that were showing up in photos that everyone was taking. And um, and I suggested that they bring a photo of a, one of these women into the room. And, oh, she did not think that was funny. The ghost of this woman did not think that was funny. And all activity ceased. And we all felt like uh, we had made a mistake. So she was very angry about other women being present. However, I was the only woman there, and she did reveal herself to me. Did the guy that had moved in, the second owner, did he, did he figure that one out? Did he, like, how did he know that with the photos of the women? I think he just had them there because, you know, he had, uh, you know, because they were his product that he was selling. But, um, but he was having crazy experiences as well. Yes. Yes. And you know, there might even be more than just the woman. I mean, with like holy water exploding and (laughs) that sounds like a lot of things going on there. Yeah, that was the most remarkable case that um, Barry had ever worked on. So that that was pretty crazy time. Also, I always think about, um, you know, they say that Benedict Canyon is cursed or, you know, has a, a long history of crazy bad things happening and the spiritual aftermath. Have you ever heard of, do you know David Omen or the Omen house? Have you ever? Oh yes, I know David. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Uh, We, uh, I've been there a a couple of times and he came on this podcast and that is an interesting property. Have you ever been there? Yes, I have. Did anything paranormal happen? And I went, I went with Barry Oh yeah, and um, and I and I went with my husband, who by the way was Timmy on Lassie. Oh yes, I was reading that online. Oh my god, that's amazing. 
I know. So he gets dragged to these crazy you know, places that I go to. And he got such a, a tremendous headache there. He couldn't be inside. Um, same with Barry. Barry um, was actually hospitalized after his last visit there and vowed never to return. Um, I uh, I didn't have that experience. I felt when I feel the presence of a ghost, I feel um, tremendous pressure on my head like I'm underwater. Mm -hmm. And I did feel that there. Um, and uh, I was with Barry one day there and we were holding a compass and we could not get a reading. It spun around like, uh, you know, <laughs> it spun, it just, kept spinning around we couldn't you know and I said to Barry what the hell does that mean and he said it meant that whatever is here is stronger than the magnetic pull of the earth yeah because that's what they say I mean I think it it was Barry Tapp that did so much research to to realize that something to do with the magnetic uh it's like in a magnetic anomaly or something, that specific yes. area where that house is. So the energy is just incredible. And for anyone listening to this that doesn't know what we're talking about, um, you can go back and listen to when I had David Oman on, but he lives in a house that's like, I don't know, two or three doors down from where Sharon Tate's uh, house was, where her and her friends were murdered terribly. But um, just also, it's that house seems to be he says kind of a portal, you know, a, a flop house for ghosts that just come through all the time. And it's just all kinds of ghosts there. Yeah. The whole block has, has felt it. And the whole block, um, the whole block has seen Jay Sebring, oh. which I find, yeah. Which I find, you know, very sad. Yeah. But I think Jay's okay now. I, I think he's, you know, I think he's doing fine now. Do you want to listen to some ghost voices? Sure. <laughs> okay, we have a little segment here. It's time for EVPs. Or Evie, please. Uh, so what I do is I go to YouTube and I find EVPs, uh, electronic voice phenomenon. And I like to listen to them, have my guess, guess what the researcher that posted um, believes that the ghost is saying or, or what you hear. Just let me know what you think. This first one is from... It was posted by Ghost Watch Paranormal on YouTube, and it's at the Vogue Theater in uh -huh. Hollywood. Do you know the history okay. of that place? Yes. Who can you tell us? Scos. Yeah. <laughs> yes. School that burned down, um, and uh, you know, death happened. Maybe children and. Uh, occupants of the school is what I'm told. Yeah. Yeah. Like 1800s. It was a schoolhouse burns down. Uh, just, I think like 25 children or something apparently died and their teacher died. And then, then it became this movie theater 
And I know at one point, I don't know if you would know about this, but I guess what I was reading online is that in the 90s, it was a headquarters for a paranormal research society. And they were doing all kinds of stuff there. I don't know. Yeah, but that I, you know, I, I thought that guy was a fraud. Oh, okay. That was my opinion. Got it. You know, there was a point where, you know, you could make a lot of money from from paranormal activity and bringing tours in there. You know, it was just when it was all beginning and people were all excited and there wasn't a paranormal show every time you turn the channel. Yeah. And um, I just felt like he uh, was capitalizing on that phenomenon. Got it. Well, what I was reading online, I was like, what? It said, okay, this website, I went to totally-la.com. They said over 4,000 people have claimed to see ghosts there. And there was an entire audience of over 600 people that saw a girl skipping, a ghost girl skipping down the aisles. I mean, it's possible. Anyway, let's hear a ghost voice from there. And um, this is from a spirit box, so it's going to be a little bit of staticky kind of noise in the background. But what do you think this ghost is saying? Okay, it's kind of like a high pitch. Here, I'll play it again. Do you hear? Mm. Do you hear anything? It's like a na na na. Yeah, uh, I could never guess. <laughs> well, here I'll give you some options. Help, help or. Here, I'll give you I'll give you four options and and it's one of these is what they believe. Okay. Is it A, at least I'm not you? Ooh, that's shady. That's a shady ghost. Uh is it B, I'm Lisa? Is it C, unleash me? Or <laughs> D, I'll lease it first. Maybe, you know, they didn't want to buy a car. They thought they'd lease it first. I don't know. Um here I'll play it again. Hmm. I don't. I. I honestly can't tell. It's so brief. That I, know. I would have. I would have to guess. I'm Lisa. That's what they believe. Yes, it's ah. Lisa. Now I don't know who Lisa was. Maybe she was one of those poor little students, or I'm not sure. Here, I'll play it again. I'm Lisa. I can kind of hear it. I. I I can hear it. And then again, though, you know, was Lisa even a name back in the 1800s? Oh, interesting. You know, because that isn't that like short for Elizabeth. And I don't know if they I, I don't ever recall, you know, seeing anyone on the rifleman <laughs> named Lisa. Lisa. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, but like I said, it could be, you know, from any time. That's true. Yeah, I don't know. But that that theater, I've never been inside of it, but I don't I don't know if there's anything going on there right now, but God, I'm afraid that movie theater, I hope that movie theaters survive all this craziness that we're dealing with because it's so sad to see like these these historic old theaters that have not been movie theaters for so long and then you know, now we have like the AMC's and all these other giant movie theaters that I'm rooting for. Yes. Yes. Not to bring it down. Um, okay. Here's one more um, EVP. 
And this EVP, for the first time in Ghosted by Roz Dress history, was one that I recorded myself. Ooh. Okay, so I've been doing this thing on Patreon where I've been basically doing real light ghost hunting where I just go with my dog to different haunted places that I can go to. You know, I went to the Hollywood Forever Cemetery and this EVP, I believe I captured. I got at the old zoo at Griffith Park and I I posted the video. I showed it to a couple of friends. I was in, have you been to the old zoo at Griffith Park? Oh, if I have, it, it's been like 35 years. So Yeah, it's like this, you know, cool old used to be a zoo and now they still have like the polar bear enclosures and, and you can kind of just walk around them a little bit and there's tons of graffiti and stuff all over them. But mm. um, they say it's haunted by animals, by all kinds mm. of crazy things that have happened in Griffith Park. And so I was like recording and I heard what there was nobody else in there. I heard somebody whisper, and this is it. It might be hard to hear. It might be an EV, please, but tell me if you hear anything. All right. It's kind of quiet. It's like loud Do noise. Um, okay. It's like a... Wait. One more time. I'm trying to prove that I'm not insane. Do you hear anything? I could hear something, and it sounds like activity also. There were human beings not far away, um, maybe 30 yards back. But this was like in a cave, especially if you watch the video. It's like right next to me. Okay. Wow. I'll give you some options of what I think the ghost could say and and I'll let you guess which one I think it is. Okay. Um is it A. Oh my god, I love your podcast. <laughs> B. Come here. C. Give me your energy. Or D. Come play with us. Here, I'll play it again. Well, it's got to be I Love Your Podcast. <laughs> I don't know what it says, to be honest, but it sounds like a come over here, or, come play. I hear like a come. I don't know. I'm not sure. I'm just trying to be one of these cool people on YouTube that has uh, EVPs, but maybe one day. You know, I remember, um, do you remember it, uh, Tom... Snyder, I don't know how old you are, Roz, and I'm not going to ask. But um, there Somewhere was a, between a, twenty and seventy-five. Okay, well then you may remember uh, a late night show that would come on. I guess probably after Johnny Carson, called the Tomorrow Show with Tom Snyder. Okay, and and uh, he he. Um, had a and this is so long ago, and he had a gentleman on who was doing EVPs before we even had a name for it, and and I don't I know it was the first time I had ever heard of it, and 
um, we've got to be talking. Well, let's see. It was shortly after um, Dan Blocker had passed away very unexpectedly. One of the stars of Bonanza um, died on the operating table. And uh, to it was very shocking. And he had a recording uh, very clear of Dan Blocker. Um, I, I can't remember what he said now, or but he identified himself. And that was the first time I'd ever heard of, of anybody trying to capture that. And so that always stayed with me. So when people started doing it, I mean, I, I'm a, really a believer. Uh, you know, there are, you know, and, and, and that story with uh, Mr. Blocker would totally make sense to me. He died tragically before his time. He wasn't ready to go, just like Ozzy, just like Honest Abe. They s still had things they wanted to accomplish, and that is a, a strong reason. For, you know, here's my theory. Spirits are were once human. There are, are animal spirits, but spirits were once human and they stick around for very human reasons. They weren't ready. They were murdered and it was written off as something else or it was never solved and they want justice or the truth truth to come out you know they um they sometimes they don't uh stay forever but uh, there's a an event uh a, a child's wedding that they want to be there and how many people say oh i felt my dad was there mm -hmm. well he was you know and so sometimes it can be a really beautiful thing often very often um the spirits of children are seen and heard because they died before death was really explained to them and they can see you. They don't realize they're, they're supposed to go on somewhere um, and they can see you and they can hear you and they don't really understand that you can't always see and hear them. And so they're just being playful now, do you think that there are instances where ghosts don't want to, like they, they're just enjoying being a ghost and they, they want to just stick around? Yes. Yes. I think there's some that just, they've stayed so long that um, they have no interest yeah. in, uh, in moving forward. Yeah. And they might be, it's probably because they're afraid or that, you know, it's, they don't know what, what would happen you know or the place they they haunt has become home to them mm -hmm. and they're comfortable there they're comfortable with the people that live there yeah well Lori, that's about it there's you're somebody that i hope that you'll come back sometime because there are so many things to talk to you about with i mean you know so many incredible things which is why you've written so many books can you tell people about you know your books and where to find them and all that stuff uh well sure the book that led you to me is called <clears throat> hollywood haunted and um it was in print for 19 years and is now available as an ebook on amazon 
And um, I've got a, a really fun book called Dishing Hollywood, uh, which is scandals and mysteries with a recipe attached to each one. Fun. And my current book, which uh, just came out a few months ago, is called TV Dinners. Uh, you know, my husband, as I mentioned, was a, a child star of the 50s and 60s. And so I gathered 40 of his fabulous friends together uh, to to uh, tell their stories and what it was like to be a working kid in Hollywood during the golden age of television and uh, what they ate for dinner. <laughs> oh, that was fun. Thank you, Laurie Jacobson. I love that. And if you want to hear us talking about the haunting of Ozzie Nelson, the spooky haunted house here in Hollywood that may still be up for sale. I'm not sure. Um, you can listen to us talking on patreon.com slash rosedressfuless. And this week, you can also see the tour of my funky fun living room. And of course, all of the other things that have been posted the past like three months or so. Thank you for the five-star reviews on Apple Podcasts. Please keep them coming. Go to Apple Podcasts, five-star review, five-star rating. If you have a Ghost story, leave it in one of those reviews. And I want to do another listener episode soon, so please send me your listener stories to ghostedbyroz at gmail.com with the subject line, listener episode. Oh, I've got my merchandise. I've got the tote bags, the pins. The pins are back in the store. They already sold out. Thank you. The EV Please pins are in the store. I also have my t-shirts, the tote bags, all that fun stuff you can find in the link in my Instagram bio or in the Facebook group called Ghosted by Ron's Dress Velez. And I'm on Cameo, so if you want me to say hello, happy holidays to someone you love, that's cameo.com slash Ross I love you all, both living and dead. But if I didn't ask you to haunt me, don't haunt me. Okay, bye! A podcast network.